Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 3. I have got to think, here in verse 3, it's like the Holy Spirit with this play on words here, where it says he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. That's got to be a play on words by the Holy Spirit. I mean, really, okay, we know that he's in the bottomless pit, and we know that the angel keeps him there and shut him up there. But I think it's kind of the Holy Spirit's like, (laughs) see if you get this. God shut him up. Like like in shut his mouth. Like in he is the accuser of the brethren. Always accusing. Satan, where you been? Oh, I've been walking throughout the earth in Job. Really? He says, uh, have you considered my servant Job? God's like bragging on Job. I'm like, God, look, don't brag on me, okay? I mean, <laughs> brag on... Billy or Jim or Alan. Don't brag on me, man. You know, brag, God brags on you. Satan comes after you. and Accusing the brethren. Accusing the sisters. And always accusing the Christians. And, and God shut him up. No more accusations. No more temptation. No more deception. For 1,000 years he is bound in the bottomless pit. Now, I was thinking about this yesterday. The, the bottomless pit, the bottomless pit. The reason the pit is bottomless is because the pit has no bottom. <laughs> is that heavy or what? You're like, whoa. Oh. That's heavy. But then think about it like this. The bottomless pit, listen, the bottomless pit is the place for prisoners or people who die who don't know Jesus Christ. And the bottomless pit has no bottom. Therefore, those in the bottomless pit, they never sit. They never rest. And probably with the gravitational pull that is in the core of the earth, people and demons are suspended and tumbling the whole time. They never rest. They never find rest. Now, that, that's awful. Think about it. I mean, they're tumbling all the time, and there's never a bottom, and there's always a spinning. You know, it's almost like at Carowinds when, when people, you know, get on those evil rides at Carowinds, and, and, and they're, you know, those evil rides that they, they spin people around. I don't do those rides. It just, you know, you spin them around, and they suspend you in the air. Then when they put you down, and you puke all over the place. Isn't that gross? But that's what people pay money for. 
And, and, and so you're spinning around, you're suspending all this time. Well, that might be cool with Carowinds for just a few minutes, but you might want to think about it like this, the bottomless pit. It is in the bottomless pit that people, even as we speak right now, even as we speak at, at, right now, in the bottomless pit, there are people who are suspending and constantly going and never resting. And listen, that is a hell in and of itself. The fact that you feel this continual feeling of falling. You know, people say, oh, well, hell is hot. Yes, hell is hot. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell. Yes, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell. But you know what? It's also hell that you just keep falling and you never stop. And even this morning, there are people who are in hell, in this place, and they are falling, they're in pain and torment, and they never stop. I think that's got to be a sobering thought. At least it is for me. I hope it is for you. This bottomless pit, Revelation chapter 9, write that down, look it up in your own time. We talked about the bottomless pit. It's the Greek word, if you're taking notes, abuso, A-B-U-S-S-O, abuso. And it means the shaft of the abyss. The shaft of the abyss. It's the home of incarcerated demons or demon jail. The home of incarcerated demons. In chapter 9, you know if you were with us, demons were released from the abuso and they stung people. And the stings were so painful that men tried to kill themselves. In chapter 9, that's pretty amazing. They could not die. And they were trying to kill themselves. Very interesting. Now, it's in this abuso that even demons, the bottomless pit, the abuso, even demons don't want to go there. You might remember the story is found in Luke chapter 8. It was Jesus and his disciples. They came to the land of the Gadarenes. And there was this man who had a legion of demons. You know the story. He began to break the chains off of him. And he began to cut himself. And he began to, to, to scream and, and scream it out at night. And when Jesus approached that demon, the legion of demons through this man said to Jesus, what have we to do with you, son of the most high God? The demons, get this, understand and know that Jesus is God. Man doesn't want to acknowledge it, many but demons know it. They said to Jesus, this legion of demons said to Jesus, what have we to do with thee, son of the most high God? And then they begged Jesus to send them into a herd of pigs or swine that were just kind of hanging out there. And Jesus gave them their wish. He sent those demons into the swine, into the pigs. And there we have the first mention of deviled ham. Sorry. I'm sorry I'm going downhill. That's all right. That's all. I'm coming back up though. Y'all wait. I'm coming back up. <laughs> and you know the story. <laughs> they didn't like it first or second service either. So I mean, that's, okay, fine. It's one of my better ones. And so you know the story. They ran over the cliff into the Sea of Galilee. Those demons didn't want to go to the abyss. And neither does Satan. And neither do you. Listen, it takes more faith for someone to go to hell than it does for them to go to heaven. It really does. I mean, you've got to, 
ignore the cross of Jesus. You've got to ignore the evidence that demands a verdict. You've got to ignore it to go to hell. It takes more faith to go to hell than it does to simply put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. The bottomless pit is the place where Satan will be locked up for a thousand years. And then after the thousand years, Satan will be released and go out and deceive the nations. Now notice in the first seven verses in your Bibles, notice the word thousand years is used six times. Interesting, verse two, verse three, verse four, verse five, and verse six. A thousand years or the millennium. The word millennium comes from the Latin word that means 1,000 years. The millennium. Now, there are many different understandings of the millennium. There are basically three schools of thought or three views of eschatology, or that's the study of end times, that's your word for today. Eschatology means the study of end times. And there are three basic major views of schools of thought for, in terms of this millennium. The early church, until Augustine, believed in an earthly, historical, literal reign of Jesus. It was in the late 300s that this guy by the name of Tychonius was the first to spiritualize the millennium. And he said the millennium is no millennium or a millennium. A meaning without millennium. Now, a millennialist, they don't believe in the literal reign of Christ on the earth. They believe it's a metaphor. They believe it's not true. It's a fantasy, a spiritual reign of Christ. The spiritual reign of Christ is not literal. Augustine, the Roman Catholic Church, and most of the Reformation theologians also held this position of amillennium, without millennium or without thousand years. Amillennialists believed that the thousand-year reign of Christ had already begun on the earth. Now, we just read here in our text, we just read that during this thousand years, Satan is chained up and put in the bottomless pit. So that would mean that Satan must have a really, really long chain because he sure is active and alive in the world today. Now, growing out of this idea of amillennium comes postmillennium, the postmillennial view. Postmillennialism was popular, it was a popular view of the past. This was a theory that the gospel would spread throughout the earth and people would be converted. And then the world would become one great Christian community and Jesus would reign, Jesus would return and receive the keys to a glorified planet. They teach that Jesus will come by invitation to a united, federated planet where people live in peace and goodwill. Now, I call this view the Star Trek view of the end times. True, a federation of harmony led by a supreme being. And then there is the premillennial view, the premillennial view, which says simply this a thousand years is a thousand years. 
not 999, not 1,001 years, but 1,000 years is 1,000 years. Now, the clear teaching of the Bible isn't amillennialism, and it isn't post-millennialism. I believe the clear teaching of the Bible is pre-millennialism. And if you disagree with me, you most certainly are in good company because there are many people who disagree with me and disagree with others who hold this premillennial uh, position. So if you disagree, you're free to disagree. But I, the, the premillennial position simply teaches that Jesus Christ will return to the earth and then a thousand years of righteous ruling will begin on the earth. Now, a good rule, a good biblical rule of interpretation is to take the scriptures literal. Listen, as you're interpreting the Bible, a rule of interpretation is to take the scriptures literal unless there is a clear reason not to. Simple as that. It is literal. It is what it says. It is what it is unless there is a clear reason not to. For example, last week we talked about Jesus who at the battle of Armageddon, a sword was going to come out of his mouth and was going to slay all of his enemies. And he's going to put all of his enemies down with the sword that comes out of his mouth. Now, we know that this sword coming out of his mouth must be a figurative sword and not a literal sword because that would then say that there's this super huge, long, 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 long sword coming out of his mouth and everywhere he turns, he lops off heads and cuts things down. So we know that that's figurative, the sword. Then we looked at Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So then we know now that, that the sword that's coming out of his mouth isn't a super huge long sword, but it's the word of God that kills and slays his enemies. So we need to take this thousand years literally because God has an important work to accomplish during the thousand years. Now, the Bible is replete from cover to cover concerning the millennial thousand-year reign of Christ. A lot to say about it. According to Isaiah and Ezekiel chapter 17, during the millennium, Israel will be a superpower of the world. It will be the leading nation in all of the earth. The Temple Mount will be the capital of the government of the Messiah. And the Bible says in Isaiah, all nations shall flow to the capital of the government of Jesus during the millennium, everyone who lives on the earth will submit, will submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 2 tells us it will be a time of forced righteousness. There'll be no war during the millennium. Armed conflict will not be tolerated. Fascinating, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6 through 9. During the millennium, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Notice the peace and the harmony during that thousand years. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. 
they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's amazing. During the thousand years, a child can play with a poisonous snake and not be harmed. A child will be able to lead a wolf or a young lion or a bear. It will be an incredible time of peace because the Prince of Peace is on the throne, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I love that. Then in Isaiah uh, chapter 65, verse 20, it says, During the millennium, no more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not filled his days, for the child shall die a hundred years old. But the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. In other words, you can have a baby. You'll have a baby in the house, and the baby will be a hundred years old. That's amazing. I hope he doesn't continue to wear diapers and huggies. I mean, think about that bill for huggies. It's expensive. A hundred years old? And get this, if you die before the thousand years are over, then that would speak of the fact that you were rebelling in some way or sinning in some way. During the millennial kingdom, people are going to live longer in the millennial kingdom because there's going to be no disease. There's going to be no sickness during the millennial kingdom. During the millennium, the environment will be like the Garden of Eden, tropical. When Jesus comes back, he will speak the word and everything will be made right environmentally. Now think about this. During the millennium, During the millennial reign, there will be a lot of people on the planet. People will be, now, 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 between services here, there was a guy who, who, um, I need to clarify this with, and I should clarify it with you too. Uh, The thousand year reign of Christ is different than the kingdom of God. This is a thousand year reign of Christ on the earth. When you move to chapter 23, we move to chapter 21 and 22, we will see a new heaven and a new earth, and it will be the kingdom of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But this thousand years is a thousand year reign of Christ on and over the earth. Now, during this thousand years on the earth, people will still be having children. The earth will be heavily populated during that thousand years. I mean, think that's a lot of kids. If people keep reproducing, you'll have kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-great-grandkids and great-great-great-great-great-grandkids and great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. There's going to be a lot of people on the planet. Lots of people. And there's going to be an environment where there is righteousness and peace and prosperity. I mean, can you imagine a world where there's no hospitals? A world where there's no pornography? A world where there's no military bases? A world where there's no murders or rip-offs? A world where there's no lotto? Lotto's gone. CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, DEFG. All gone. It's a world of righteousness. It's a world of peace and prosperity. 
Christ is ruling and reigning with, and we're reigning with him. Now, you say to me, Rodney, listen, if Satan is bound, then how can people sin? Good question. Well, let's understand something here. The environment during the thousand years is perfect, but people are not. The environment is perfect, but people are not. Now, there are lots of people on the planet who haven't been influenced by Satan because Satan is still bound in the bottomless pit. There's lots of people who haven't been influenced by Satan, and they still will have the human nature. Their nature, they're going to have to deal with that. And that's where we come in, because we're going to be ruling and reigning with him during that thousand years. And we will enforce his righteousness. Now, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to do to tell you the truth. So many years ago, I was in the Middle East. And it's very interesting, in the Middle East, the punishment for murder is immediate death. And guess what? There's a very low murder rate. Interesting. The punishment for theft is immediate cut off your hand. And having been to the Middle East, I, several times as a matter of fact, I, I've never seen anyone with one hand. So the fact that there's going to be a, a kingdom that is of righteousness and peace and, and prosperity during that kingdom reign, I think that there's going to be a healthy respect for the king of kings. Yet I don't think it's going to be out of fear. I think it's going to be out of love because love is going to be the motivating factor. You see, during that thousand years, people are also going to experience the love of God in a way that they maybe have never experienced it before. And so people will respond to the Lord out of love and not out of fear like in the Middle East, but out of love. During the kingdom, during the millennial reign. Now notice in verses 4 through 6, and then we'll wrap up here, pick up again next week in verse 7. Notice in verse 4, and I, John, saw thrones. Now very interesting here. And they sat on, and they sat on them. And judgment was committed to them. I'll tell you who them are in a minute. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark. Remember that mark? Had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Notice John sees two groups of people, if you're taking notes. John sees two groups of people. John sees thrones and seated on those thrones are people who have been given authority to judge Who are they? The church. Very good. That would be you and me. The church. 
During the millennial reign of Christ, there will be ruling saints, the church, ruling over the earth. Now, if you're taking notes, here's your homework. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Paul talking about the fact that we will judge angels and rule over the earth, judge the world. Psalm 149 talks about saints executing judgment upon the nations. Jesus in Matthew 19, 28 says, Assuredly, I say to you, you who have followed me will sit also, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So this first group that John sees is the church on the throne. Interesting. Ruling and reigning. Man, that's awesome. We're going to be ruling and reigning over like whole states. Wow, I hope I get Hawaii. Well, I don't know, maybe, I mean, that's kind of a moot point because if the earth is going to be changed environmentally, then I guess all the states will be like Hawaii. I hope. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.